We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Dynasty Tradecast, brought to you by MyBookie.ag. I'm your host, Nathan Powell, and today hold, I'm... Hold, hey, uh, Nathan, I thought we agreed you're not going to host anymore. The last time you did, somebody gave us a one-star thing on iTunes, and that just made us all sad. By the way, how are you going to open a show and not even begin to mention the fact that your boy, Nathan Powell... Is engaged, Nathan. Congratulations! I wanted to be the first to, I guess, on Google Hangouts. Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Who the hell is I that? I want to be the second person. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to be the first to wish him a happy <laughs> engagement. It's your boy Eric Bertsloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades, and I'm back, baby. Whoa, Daddy's we- back. Eric's back. That's I mean that's bigger news than my engagement that Eric's yeah. back after like a month hiatus. Ah, for, for, forget, feels good. Forget, forget the engagement. The real story here is that Eric is back and the team is back together. I like it. Yes. Well, I mean, no, the real story is Nathan's engaged. I mean, that's that's <laughs> incredible. I'm pretty sure he got like two hundred likes on a fa- on a Twitter post. So the uh, I did some scrolling through, saw a lot of verified individuals wishing Nathan a happy nuptials. So uh, it's pretty impressive, Nathan. You're the real deal. You're like internet famous. So more more than anything, the thing that I was happiest about my, my social media fame from yesterday or from Sunday was the fact that nobody talked about how bad my handwriting is. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we, we did the whole uh, I did the proposal at like the ice cream shop of our first date. No one cares about this. But I wrote on like an, a, a stinky note. Will you marry me? And my hand, handwriting is notoriously terrible. But. Everyone was so happy for me that they didn't say anything about my terrible handwriting. Yeah, man. It, it was pretty bad. good. Yeah. It's, I mean, the, the, the whole the situation was good. The handwriting <laughs> was how, really bad. <laughs> That's chicken scratch. And you're a teacher. How are those kids supposed to learn, Nathan? I, I don't I mean, 
ask their parents. <laughs> yeah, luckily it's all computer based these days, so that's good. So Nathan can just type it all. That helps. That it would be helps. it would be amazing if somehow Nathan had like technology that hand wrote all of his tweets on Twitter, like instead of actually typing them out, it'd be pretty illegible. Um, <laughs> well, uh, for real, Nathan, it is uh, it's uh, it's our pleasure to congratulate you, man. Uh, welcome to skipping podcasts over children. You're going to really enjoy. No, that. no, 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 no. That is way in the future. Dynasty Tradecast lives on, uh, and you're also living on Rotoviz. A quick reminder that you can support the Rotoviz Radio Network on our, in our ten shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, our weekly Sunday morning video show answering all your fantasy questions. Definitely need those during the fantasy playoffs. Patronships start just at five dollars per month and provide exclusive access to Rotoviz Live. That's four shows per month on top of forty pro- podcasts for just four, five dollars per month. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron, join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network grow and continue to produce high-quality industry-leading programming. Man, who taught Nathan how to transition? Because that's incredible. And speaking of those exclusives, I'm going to snipe you, Dan. Go ahead and step back, man. I'm going to tell the listeners. I'm going to let them know that they can get a 30% off discount to the Rotoviz NFL Pass right now. It's available through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Seasons, seasons here. We're already starting to look to 2019. Uh, so make sure you're ready. Gain unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools so you can get amazing value and support uh, this podcast network. Once again, that's rotoviz.com slash podcast again nathan amazing transition i cannot say enough good things i leave the show for three weeks and wow his life transitions his show transitions everything is just i mean it's it's top notch yeah except for on his phone which is great other than it sounds like his microphone's in his mouth (laughs) well you know you know folks we uh i i couldn't skip the show so you know technical difficulties aside i apologize for the audio but i'm sure it'll be fine Yes, yes. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very, very, very happy that you're here, Nathan. The fam's back together, even if it's a little bit crappier of audio. Just, uh, you know, I think the fam's gonna appreciate it. This is like OG Dynasty Tradecast, though. Yeah, it's the real deal. All right, you know what else is pretty OG? Amari Cooper having dynasty value. Um, <laughs> and here we are. Amari Cooper goes off again. Uh, three TDs, 220 yards. I mean, he just puts up just a monster. Basically, with the way this week shaped out, if you had Amari Cooper in your roster, or or for that matter, Ezekiel Elliott, it just won. He just won. Nobody was going to touch you because everybody scored like 55 points in their playoff matchup. Uh, it didn't matter, in the, and the Monday night game looks to be shaping out quite the same. So uh, that's, that's pretty impressive. So I guess, Nathan, I'll throw to you, and just with Amari Cooper kind of breaking out, Dak starting to look like he's – back to his form of having a lot of dynasty value. What is your takeaway for Amari Cooper? What, what, what should we be doing as dynasty owners? I, I think that you should still be buying. I think that there is still going to be some hesitancy. People saying, oh, you know, it's just a short little burst in Dallas. Still a bit unsure about his future. I mean, at this point, it's really not that unsure. It's like, okay, Dallas is going to sign him to a long-term extension. He's going to be the number one wide receiver in Dallas. Um, I think the more intriguing guy to talk about here is Dak Prescott because he was, his value was almost left for dead this past offseason. And then to the start of the season, he had a rough start of the season. The Dallas Cowboys were a terrible team left for dead. They trade for Amari Cooper, and certainly uh, there's been other aspects involved in them winning football games as well. But Amari Cooper has had some huge games, and they've been winning football games, and therefore they're going to the, you know, win the playoffs as an NFC East champion. Uh, so, yeah, with Amari uh, Cooper, I, I think that – you know, he should be a late first, early second type asset. He's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. So that's where I'm at with Amari. Uh, but Dak, Dak is the real story with me, re, re, uh, you know, having a resurgence and kind of he's not going to ever really get get quite back to where he was after his rookie season. But he's back to maybe, you know, a uh, high end QB two, maybe not low end QB one territory because there's some really nice young quarterbacks right now. But I think that he is in that high end QB two territory now. Let me ask you before we pivot to Dan, and maybe I can ask Dan as well. But what what valuation? I think you said it a late first, early second valuation. Are you talking startup or rookie? What are, What are you talking about value wise for Amari? Cooper? <laughs> Eric, what you really think I'm saying that Amari Cooper's worth a late first round rookie pick? No, late first startup pick. That's what I thought you were saying. It was ambiguous. I I, I completely agree with you that that's where his values kind of climbed back to. So if you hadn't bought, then yeah, it's uh the value starting to climb. 
I was confused for a millisecond there, but uh, I think we're all on the same page. Uh, yeah, Amari, Amari making that move to Dallas, I think, has been absolutely massive. He's averaging something like nine targets a game, which in Oakland, maybe he would average something like that in a certain stretch, but it was so hit and miss in Oakland. And you can kind of say he's boomer bust in Dallas as well, but his floor is so, so much higher. He's he still has wide receiver three value on his bad weeks, which is honestly impressive. That's that's kind of what we're looking for when we're looking for those low end wide receiver ones, which is kind of where I see him at this stage. Um, obviously, having having a young quarterback to be tied to, hopefully for the foreseeable future, we'll see what Dallas does. I think they've I think that Dak and that team has kind of forced their hand to stick with Dak. Um, but you know, I'm not. I'm, and I've always been a Dak supporter. I, I think I think he's a lot better than what people kind of give him credit for. Um, I see him kind of as like the good version of Alex Smith that we saw for one year that was run by Andy Reid. Uh, I think that's about what Dak is. The one thing that scares me with Dak is uh, his ability to make really, really, really bad mistakes at kind of pivotal points in the game. And obviously that doesn't affect dynasty value much, but that may that may change the mind of Jerry Jones if he wants to go in a different direction for some odd reason. Uh, that's that's one thing I think he could probably um, hold his hat on is is Dak kind of honestly having a little bit of those Romo moments. It just kind of seems like the nature of the Cowboy quarterback beast to want to make mistakes or have bad games in, in pivotal situations. So, uh, yeah, I'm on board with, with Amari probably in that second round startup valuation. And Dak... Yeah, high end QB two. Uh, there's, I mean, once you get past that that QB one stage and maybe like QB fourteen, there's a lot of slop and and not necessarily bad quarterbacks, but everyone's kind of interchangeable. And I think Dak is just before you get to that point. So I think QB twelve to fourteen or QB thirteen fourteen something like that. I think Dak fits in really nicely there. Yeah, and I, I think that's fair. And I think and I don't think people have yet caught up on Dak. So I think it's a take that. If you're going to buy somebody with this Mark Cooper breakout, I think Nathan and, and you are correct. I think that's the that's the correct pivot based off of kind of this uh, this breakout here. Um, okay, let's go ahead and talk about a man who hung up 50 on you if you played against him. I was actually so nervous to look at my at any of my matchups, I waited until the morning, and that is Derrick Henry looked unleashed, uh, breaking for over 200 yards, four TDs an absurd highlight where he ran 99 yards as the Titans. He was the, seemed to be the only piece of offense really. And he just trounced, trounced that Jags defense on a, on a short week. So um, I've kind of already showed my hand on Twitter if you follow me, but, but I guess I'll throw to you, Dan, what are you doing with Henry coming off of this absolutely monster week? It's always been a hard sell. It will forever be a hard sell. If if you actually go and watch that game, you will watch a bunch of just careless Jaguar, Jaguar, Jag, Jaguar, Jag, Jag, yes, Jaguar, Jacksonville, Jacksonville players. Uh, not care. They just didn't care. They didn't want to be there. They couldn't care less if he ran for six thousand yards on him. That that ninety nine yard touchdown run. Those missed tackles and those stiff arms quote unquote no one was no one was trying i'm not, I'm not again awesome game good for him congratulations on the zero people that started him in an actual playoff matchup um toilet bowl congratulations on getting to the next round in your toilet bowl games um yeah he's just he, to me he's not that guy he's he's a good you know a good option as like a number two running back in the nfl as a thumper who doesn't thump I think that's his biggest down, you know, his downside because he he he's a massive human being, but he doesn't play that way. He he plays like he plays like you would expect Deion Lewis to play. Um, and this game, he looked slightly different, but again, he was running through people that didn't really want to tackle him. So I I yeah. don't know. He's he's always been a sell to me. At his peak, he was so overpriced it wasn't even funny. And maybe now I, I'm sure there's maybe a little bit of glimmer of hope but yeah i just i don't see it yeah i mean just the just the highlight here and i'm in exactly the same boat as you i was i was comparing him to jonas gray which is not a fair like athletic comparison or really any comparison at all but coming off of a four game four td game 200 plus yards after doing you know not much of anything it was time to sell and this is the case here if you look at derrick henry's stats for this entire year the man's 
not getting he's getting double digit carries rarely and he, he he has not eclipsed 60 yards rushing other than this game and he hasn't caught more than two balls a game so his fantasy value is is minuscule he's beat out by dean lewis uh i would be curious to hear your take nathan because i know at one point you were a henry guy uh but this is this is a situation this is as clear of a buy or a sell as as possible and i even saw people on twitter like quoting my tweet saying a sell window has opened and them saying or a buy window is open i'm like you go bananas man go buy him. just <laughs> i unfortunately i can't sell him because i don't own him anywhere uh, I'm not sure there's any sort of sell window. I don't think anyone is looking at that performance and saying, I've got to go buy Derrick Henry. I mean, maybe there is. Someone just literally just said that to you, Eric. But I, I, so, someone did post something along the lines of, if you look at his monthly production, the month of December is the month where Derrick Henry just destroys people. Maybe it's coincidence. Maybe it's the fact that his body is so huge that like all the players are so injured and tired that they're just not being able to tackle Derrick Henry in the month of December. Right. But regardless in terms of his actual dynasty value i don't think that this really helps it at all i, I think that i mean i i don't trust tennessee to ever use him in a way that, yes he might just not be good enough to be you know number one nfl running back but i also don't trust tennessee to use him correctly to you know give him the workforce type workload that he would need to you know get some consistency going so um someone asked in one of our league chats uh what would you sell henry for and dan said uh, snap accept any first and i'm I'm at that stage too that if someone sees this as a window to you know if someone is willing to buy for a first right now i'm fine with parting with henry for that because i i think that that obviously any, any four touchdown game is going to be rarity but i think any sort of like startable game is going to be a rarity for derrick henry at least until he leaves tennessee yeah, I mean, and, and that's 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 really what it stands on is is if you were starting Derrick Henry this week, it was sure it was just sure desperation, sheer desperation that you were doing that. So, it, yeah, you're never going to feel comfortable with it. Um, this is this is get out if you can. I think Dan, your your statement is precisely correct. Okay, let's move on and talk about uh, the guy who took over valiantly for James Conner um, and a guy who just just blew it up, and that is Jalen Samuel. Uh, of the uh, of the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, him and Stephen Ridley both looked oh, I don't know, looked pretty bad at running the football. But what? But Samuel did did catch a number of passes to save his day. So what are we doing with him, especially with James Conner potentially coming back? I mean, what what is our take? There's there's been some hype about him and people coming out of the woodwork loving him again. Are um, either of you those guys? You can go ahead, Nathan. Uh, I mean, I don't. Love Jalen Samuels. I, I liked him as a prospect simply on the concept that a lot of Yahoo fantasy football players benefited from this weekend with the concept of him having tight end eligibility. Well, MFL doesn't have multi-position eligibility, so Samuels is stuck at running back. Um, so, I mean, as a running back, I really have no interest in Jalen Samuels. If there's ever an opportunity where he ends up going to tight end and me, ends up being a move tight end that gets uh, touches running and receiving, I'll be interested again. But he just doesn't get enough touches as a, as a running back. Um, and obviously he's thrust into an opportunity here with uh, Bell out and uh, Connor out. But I, I, I just see him as – I say this every December that there's always players that because of injuries and suspensions, there's players that shouldn't be getting touches, shouldn't be playing, that are playing and getting touches. And Samuel's an example of that. He is you know, a third-string running back, a second-string, third-string tight end. I, I don't see him as any sort of long-term play. I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with, with some of that. Um, I actually, for, for what Jalen Samuels is, I really, really liked him going through the process, through the combine, through the draft, through everything. And I really thought that the Steelers got kind of a a Swiss army knife, if you will. Jalen Samuels is a hell of a football player. Uh, Like you said, he kind of doesn't really fit into one of those positions, which kind of makes him a little bit odd. Um, But you know who else didn't really fit into a position coming out of college? was Delaney Walker. Um, Jalen Samuels is very much a, a H-back, um, that kind of breed where you know you can run tight end, you can put him in the backfield as kind of a blocking fullback. Uh, I honestly think that he has more of a future with the Pittsburgh Steelers as a tight end or H-back kind of guy rather than an actual running back. Um, I, I see him more as a tight end that gained running back eligibility than a running back that gained tight end eligibility, if that makes sense. Um, will you tell, and I'm not sure I know this, what is, what's the Delaney Walker comparison you're making here? Did he well, start as a running back? 
Yeah, so Delaney, when he came out, started with the uh, 49ers as kind of that fullback, H-back, tight end breed. Um, very much like Jalen Samuels. They're very similar in size. Uh, that's six-foot-ish size, which, again, is too small, really, for tight end. And um, six-foot, 230, or however big Samuels is, that's that's pretty big for a running back. And you can see him out there. He looks like an absolute monster. You know, he, he kind of looks like how Derrick Henry looks when he's out there, just a little bit shorter. Um so yeah, I, I think I think given the time and, and the tools, he can really develop into that Delaney Walker type player because he does excel at blocking. He he is a solid, you know. Not I'm not going to say he's like a really far above average runner, but he's a he can make do at running back and showing those skills from there. It it has to. I mean, he's such a good catcher of the ball. He's he's such a good pass catcher that if it should translate into a tight end role. Honestly, and and having that blocking ability, I think I think he's a no brainer long term for Pittsburgh because Jesse James and Vance McDonald really aren't the answers. Yes, Vance has looked pretty good here and there, and Jesse James has had his games. But as as he grows, um, I, I think Jalen Samuels really works into that full time tight end role. Um, it, but again, it's going to take some time, and it's going to take the correct the correct system, just like it took Delaney. Interesting. I did not know that Delaney Walker story. So there, I learned something today, Dan. Thank you. You're welcome. You no, know, it's nice. It's nice to have some some uh, little, yeah. little bit of football knowledge. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, that's uh that's out there. Okay, uh, Nathan. Anything else to add on Samuels before we move on? Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe I was a little too harsh on him. Uh, that Dan's kind of talking back onto him a little bit, but I. I, I just think that there has to be – he has to carve out a clear role in that offense in order to have any sort of long-term value, and I don't quite see that yet. But I think there's an opportunity for it because he, he is a talented player, but uh, for now I'm just a little bit hesitant to buy in. If anyone is willing to give you like a second-run rookie pick for him, I think that I would snap accept that. I'm not sure if that uh, sounds like a high or low price, but I think that that is certainly a palatable price for me. Yeah, I think if you're getting a second, that's a no-brainer. I mean, looking at his current ADP, he's like in the range of like Latavius Murray, Theoretic, Alex Collins, Randall Cobb players. So not many of those players. Randall Cobb, wow. (laughs) Who would have thought he would R-R-I-P. You you mean you mean second round startup three years ago, Randall Cobb? Of course, yes. Um, But yeah, he's he's right there. But the, the upside of the players surrounding him don't really exist. So. Um, he's a player that may be targeting, but I would be hard pressed to argue that anybody's going to give you a second rounder for Murray, Riddick, Collins, or Cobb. So at this point, but I think I mean, you're... But, but that's certainly all, all that ADP is compiled before he has this opportunity with Connor out. So I mean, sure. whenever a player gets an opportunity, they basically rise like 30 spots automatically on that team. Yeah, and, and I mean, yeah, but I, I don't know that he did not seem, and granted game script played a large part in this game with Roethlisberger going down, Dobbs with them really stacking the box and them not being able to run. So the running game was pretty abysmal. So uh, if Ben's back, maybe we'll get a, a better picture of what this thing looks like. But it did not look very promising, all things considered. Uh, okay, let's go ahead and pivot over to the Ravens. And uh, uh, Wild Kenneth Dixon has appeared and has appeared to have value. Um having a pretty good game here. Dan, what are you going to be doing with Dixon if you have him? Is he a buy? Um, And if so, what valuation? If I have Kenneth Dixon, I'm definitely holding him. If if people are throwing him up on the trade block and assuming you don't have a trade deadline or once it reopens after the playoffs are done, you can go and get him. I think, honestly, I I think that, that he's a nice buy just for a dart throw because he was super hyped coming out you know, we, we had him propped up in rookie drafts and honestly, he's, he, uh, the health is really been his, his thing. I mean, his, his thing, he, he can't stay healthy for the life of him. Uh, I, it, <laughs> I wanted to say he's like a healthy Jay Ajayi, but I don't, I don't, I don't know that I can say that. Um, he looked really good this week though. He, he, he honestly looked super, super strong. Um, he's, kind of he's a bigger guy he's like 510 but he's like 230 and he's got that nice jump cut he's pretty agile for for his size and with baltimore's you know backfield being the constant revolving door i don't know that we can ever really stick to you know valuing one of these guys but i certainly think he looks better than gus edwards he's definitely better than alex collins uh it just you never know what they're gonna do because they just kind of go with the hot hand it seems so 
I like Dixon. I, I'll try be trying to throw random thirds out and see if people are going to give him up for that. Just because, again, he was kind of propped up, you know, when he when he came out, and we used we used some de- decent rookie um, draft capital on him. I mean, the Ravens only drafted him in the fourth round, but um, in our rookie drafts, we thought, hey, he was going to be the guy. So, I think I think uh, definitely throwing thirds around should be tempting for most, uh, even though some will be like, Hey, I'd hold on to him for this long, but definitely make sure you're scavenging your waiver wires and whatnot to see if he's available. Uh, if he was available, then shame on your league for not having him in an IR spot somewhere. That'd be silly. But, um, yeah, I, I think he's got uh, somewhat of a future. He's got to stay in the field. Yeah. Uh, the one thing about this Ravens offense is that as Lamar Jackson has started the last few weeks, it's become very run heavy, like 64% uh, running in those four games. And if that ends up, obviously it's not going to be the full Baltimore Ravens future with Lamar Jackson, a quarterback, he's going to evolve as a passer, but certainly through the next few years, I'm guessing the Ravens are going to be one of the more run heavy teams in the NFL. And that's kind of why I'm not interested in Kenneth Dixon at any sort of like a third round, early third round rookie pick type price. Because I think that if you are a team that says, okay, we're going to prioritize the run, we're going to be a running team the next few years because we have a quarterback that we're developing as a passer and he runs the ball well, then they're going to invest an early round pick at running back. Yes, this isn't the greatest uh, running back class in 2019, but I think that uh, the Ravens end up investing in in one of them to get their RB1 and have a a true partner for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and that, that was what I was going to add, too, is I, I don't think any of these guys in this backfield are long long for the current role. That being said, though, Dan, I do think with Dixon's contract, uh, I believe it's up at the end of next year, um, he will be a, a person that will most certainly find another landing spot if he can stay healthy and a person that um, does have some nice upside as kind of a, kind of a, a flexy-type player uh, down the road if he lands in the right spot. Yeah, I think, I think he just needs – again, he needs to stay healthy – and we need to see him more than just a couple of games of him. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and going back to Nathan's comment about them going with a back in this draft, I mean, what's different with, like, Damian Harris? Uh, there's, I don't see a better, a really, a, 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 like, significantly better football player. That Maybe there's a couple of other guys that, that may do something better here or there. Uh, but, I mean, Kenneth Dixon had all the trades coming out. Again, the health, he looks good right now. I want to see what he does for the last few weeks here at least. Uh, hopefully they start to feature him a little bit more. Uh, it'll suck for all my Gus Edwards waiver wire <laughs> stabs that I took, but Hey, we got a couple of weeks out of it. Yeah. I mean, and Edwards like, yeah, he more than paid off as far as a waiver wire stab goes. And he's still got the majority of the carries in this game. So I'm not sure that he's not going to continue to get this role of having 15 to 20 carries a game, um, which anyone who's getting that much work is going to, uh, is going to, to provide some type of value, even if it is just, 67 yards like he did this week um okay well on that note let's go ahead and tell you guys about our sponsors um i guess i'll go ahead and let nathan give the well he's on the phone so i guess i'll go ahead and do the read myself and tell you guys about our sponsor mybookie.ag um you guys are watching football and and it's that time of the year in the playoffs where maybe you didn't make the playoffs maybe your your league doesn't have a toilet bowl so you're out of fun things to do while you're watching football things to uh, game with. Well, our friends over at mybookie.ag will help put you back into the game. If you're the type of guy who likes to bet, um, you can pick three teams to win. And if you hit all three, you could turn $100 into $600. There's so much to bet on. And if you're not just looking at football, maybe you're, you're tired of football. Maybe you're already done. Uh, there's college basketball, football, uh, NBA, NHL, even esports, you name it. Uh, you can bet on it. I believe every time I do this, I say there's even political bets. If you want to make bets, no matter what your political political affiliation is, uh, my bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. So I recommend these guys because I really trust them. My bookie has been in the business for for years and has sponsored us uh, for over a year as well. Uh, they've got great online reviews and their mobile site's easy to use. So sign up with my bookie uh, this week and we'll give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank uh, even more money when you win. And also make sure you follow at my at bet my bookie on Twitter. They personally respond to every mention in DM, not to mention that they give away cash on a regular basis. They've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season. You'll be the first to know uh, when new, new odds and new props are posted as well if you follow them so don't miss out on one of the best weeks to bet on sports this year log on to my bookie right now and use promo code rotoviz uh, and you'll get a 50 percent deposit bonus that's promo code rotoviz r-o-t-o-v-i-z you play you win you get paid 
Summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's season pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 season pass now at cagreatamerica.com. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. All right, Nathan, who do we got next? Next, we are going to talk about Dallas Goldell. Uh, uh, obviously, we always talk about how tight ends uh, tend to struggle early on in their careers. Not, not everyone is going to be like uh, George Kittle, who was productive last year, or you know, obviously O.J. Howard, and all those guys had some production in year one, Evan Ingram. Um, but this dining class has been a bit disappointing. Uh, Mike Gusecki has done basically nothing. Dallas Goddard has shown some flashes, though. And some people are considering him now. He wasn't the top, uh, the top tight end draft that Gusecki was, but many are considering Goddard the tight end one as far as dynasty right now. He had his uh, one of his better games this year with five catches, forty-four receiving yards, and a touchdown. And he had like an eighty-yard touchdown called back on a offensive pass interference that some would call ticky tack. So it's one of those things that, like, if you're watching the game, you're like, wow, that guy has a lot of talent. If you're looking at the box score, it's like, well, that didn't show up because it was offensive pass interference. So, yeah, uh, it's just one guy to throw out there that, like, maybe as a buy low, certainly not this week, but going into the offseason because you'll look at his season-long numbers and they won't be good. They'll end up being, like, 300, 400 receiving yards, and, you know, you're looking for more from a tight end. But, uh, yeah, I, I like Goddard a lot, but it's more of – I guess I'll, I'll put this way. I'll pitch it to you guys. Um is there a way for him to be uh, productive in fantasy with Ertz still there, or is this going to be a very long way for Dallas Goddard? I think there's a way he has value, but it's ne- I mean, he's never going to have the explosive, like, oh, like consistent tight end one value. Um, but I think he, I mean, he's going to give you weeks like this. And, and honestly, weeks like this with the way tight end is stacking up right now. I mean, there's people rolling out Jesse James, just praying. Uh, it's kind of the same thing with Goddard. I mean, he's, he's as good of a, a dart throw is another, and his his upside is is pretty high. I think he's flexing that. Uh, this kind of rookie production is is always impressive and always indicative, or largely indicative of a prospect that's going to pan out. So I think I think you're exactly right, Nathan. If you're Goddard's the type of player that targeting um, right now makes a lot of sense. I think I feel like it always happens. This off season is going to be like the snowball starting this party. So doing it before this off season, I think you'll be able to get a value. Um, Nathan, with that, what, what valuation are you going out trying to get Goddard for? Are you trying to pull the trigger with a second round pick and see if you can make that happen? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't give him a first form, so I'd be aiming in that mid to late second form. And I think that's fine. Okay. Dan. I recall a show uh, earlier in the year about Dallas Goddard was a topic and there was a discussion of, some other tight end turd or Dallas Goddard. And I believe I was the only one that picked Dallas Goddard. Uh, These are the reasons why I picked Dallas Goddard. Well, I mean, like Nathan said, you saw the ticky tack uh, 80 yard touchdown come back. This, this is honestly, I didn't know that there was a third Kelsey brother, which I think is really weird. So you have Travis Jason. um, And now you have Dallas Kelsey, which is really nice. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a bad taste, but go on. Seriously. All I see when I watch him, um, so going to into one question, yes, they can coexist. Look at Indy with Doyle and Ebron, and yes, one of them had a monster week and one of them caught a touchdown, or one of them had like like 12 catches for 90 yards, and the other one had like six catches for eight yards or whatever when they were healthy. But you have a quarterback that excels in that mid-range passing game, and you have two tight ends that excel in the mid-range passing game. Carson Wentz deep ball was really, really good last year. He was horrible at it as a rookie and he's kind of returned to not being a very good down the field passer yet again. So RIP on my Alshon Jeffrey shares. But RIP. This, I mean, you, we've just watching the games. We've seen, we've seen those two tight end sets increased. It seems like tenfold. Um, I that may be wrong. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I, should have uh, grabbed some some snap data, but uh, it just watching those games seems like they're running two tight end sets in any situation. 
Um, and Goddard's always out there. And Wentz seems to be looking to him more and more. Obviously, Ertz is still his boy, but I think Goddard's going to be relevant faster than people believe with Ertz there. Uh, these two tight end sets are becoming more and more popular. And again, with with the mid-range, I mean, that's that's honestly where Wentz is elite, is in that mid-range throwing area. Um, and, you know, Goddard, Goddard to me was, you know, post-draft because of how far Mark Andrews fell. Uh, was absolutely the, the tight end one. Uh, yeah, Gasecki was super sexy with all of his flashy jumps and speed and all of that. Uh, I still believe Mark Andrews is a very, very good tight end. But yeah, Dallas Goddard is above and beyond uh, the tight end one from this class. And I know, Nathan, you kind of mentioned that people were, were starting to feel that way a little bit. To me, it's not even close. Um, but that's definitely not Hayden Hurst. I think we can all agree on that. That was yes, yes, yikes. Good, good pick, Baltimore. Way to go. Um so yeah, I, I think I think I think Goddard has legit tight end two value. Um, I don't think he'll have the tight end one value just because the volume is going to be a little bit sketchy. But I think I think he'll be a little bit more reliable sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I think we're all on the. I think we're all kind of on the course. Are you in that same valuation? Kind of mid second would be what you're hoping to pay, Dan. Or are you willing to step it up a bit more? I go. I go early second. Um, it, again, it just kind of depends on what happens with this nineteen rookie class. If I'm able to give like a twenty twenty second and maybe like a splatter in like a fourth or a fifth or depending on the league, that is something I would do no matter where that twenty or that second falls or is projected to fall. Um, if I can give a mid second now and something, I think I'd be okay with that as well. Uh, I just I I feel like this is a a really really nice prospect and and he's in a Honestly, despite having Ertz there, I think he's in a really good situation for his future. Yeah, and I mean, and that's, I, I don't know, call it a gut feeling, but I think Goddard is going to be one of those players that this offseason, everybody's just going to lose their mind over. Um, and is going to, the, the hype's going to build on the hype, on top of the hype, and by the end of the offseason, he's going to be a fortune. Uh, so I think, a, I think a second round pick is enough to, to get you value there um, in the long term. Okay, um, Nathan, who we got next? Next, we have Deshaun Hamilton. Uh, there was talk this offseason about how Demarius Thomas on his way out the door. He's already out the door. Emmanuel Sanders out the door. He's still there, but he's got injuries. And now the the young guard of the Denver Broncos with Cortland Sutton and now Deshaun Hamilton. And I, I've kind of discussed this offseason that he's probably not an NFL wide receiver too. Um, but he, you know, he's shown some talent in, at the college level and he's had a, co- a couple of decent games so far this year. Uh, and of course, his most featured game was his past game, seven catches, 47 yards and the touchdown. And so basically what I'm getting at here is that with the the selling opportunity is with people thinking, OK, Sanders is, is going out the door as well. And now he's a wide receiver, too. Um, I think he's a good talent. I don't think he's an NFL wide receiver, two talent, which makes him a, a prime sell opportunity before Denver brings in a free agent wide receiver or a uh, rookie, another rookie, a high, more, a more highly drafted rookie wide receiver in 2019. Um, there's so many opportunities for him to lose that role that some people are already giving to him that if, if there's anyone who's giving him that wide receiver two role, I would try and sell him to that person. Yeah. No doubt that that's that's absolutely spot on. Um, I you know you get a Big Ten wide receiver coming out of Penn State. I think I think he was a little bit undervalued through the process. I think he's a really nice prospect. I just like you said, Nathan. I don't think he's got that upside of a wide receiver too. I think he's more of your wide receiver three slash role player type, um, where he can kind of just get in and and make plays here and there i don't see a lot of consistent usage but again people's roles can grow things can change um it's just kind of you know it's not it's not someone that jumps off the paper to me or jumps out of the screen you know he's he's just kind of a meh guy but good a good prospect honestly so we'll just kind of see we know denver's history in grooming wide receivers and they either turn out to be really good or really cody latimer oh i was gonna say cody latimer <laughs> damn you, you sniped me uh but no you're you're then yeah I'm not, i don't know that there's too much to add here i don't think there's going to be a big hullabaloo with hamilton but with sanders out the rest of the year uh there might be a window that opens up here to to unload him right as the offseason starts up um because yeah if you're able to I don't know. I mean, what did you guys say? Early third was what you were looking to unload him for? 
I, I I try and sneak a second, even if I have to add like a couple fourths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I would do I would do Hamilton in a third to get to a second, honestly. Okay, and I, I think that's exactly right. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think that there's that much more to say. So let's go ahead and move on to a man that I believe in the past we have referred to as Jameis Winston's boyfriend, uh, one of two. Uh, not Cameron Braid, of course. We're talking about Adam Humphreys, who has been quietly putting in a pretty good season here. And uh, and as he continues to kind of produce here, uh, maybe not so quietly. So a guy who's who's basically gotten over five targets the entire season. There's been a couple games where he hasn't. Um, and it's been quietly pretty productive with almost, almost 650 yards this season. So um, this is a player that I, I really was on dynasty waiver wires this off season. Is there any real value here, Nathan, for you, if you have Humphreys at the end of this season, are you just trying to dump him for whatever you can? Uh, Humphreys is the type of guy that he'll always have more points than his value or is worth. Basically his points will always be more valuable than his trade value. So uh, that mean you, and- you hold him on your team? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think that you're really getting anything for him. You're not even really getting a third for him in, in most in most cases. And it, let's assume James Winston is there long term in Tampa, and Adam Humphreys is there long term in Tampa. Then maybe he's the number three after Evans and Godwin with Deshaun Jackson possibly leaving town because he wants out. So yeah, I, I think that Humphreys is fine. Um, I don't think that he's anything to get really excited about, but he, he's the, the perfect like bench guy who you rely on when you have injuries or suspensions or bye weeks so yeah, yeah i mean he's he's not some guy you're gonna get excited about but he is reliable enough that he's not going to give you a zero he's literally had a catch in every game this year yeah i mean that's that's exactly right and this is like and this is a player that i had on pretty much every single one of my rosters a year ago and i just dropped him in the offseason for rookies which is easy to do um but i'm not sure that that was the right decision because the way I always kind of think about that is, okay, I'm chasing upside and Humphreys has none. Yeah, that's valid. But I think Humphreys has, as you mentioned here, a pretty reasonable floor. Um, so as long as Winston's in there throwing him the football, and even when, even when, uh, when Fitz was in there throwing the football, he still, he still was being targeted. Uh, but as long as Winston's taking care of him, I, I really do think he's got a reasonable enough floor to stay on your roster because exactly as you said, Nathan, he fills in during bye weeks. Where he fills in for like eight points, and that's really all you need in bye weeks. Yeah, um, you know, going to wide receiver university doesn't hurt. Um, that's Clemson to those that don't understand any references. Uh, three straight seasons with 80 targets and at least 55 catches, and he's still got a couple of games left this year. I think I think he just kind of keeps moving on up, and with the way that Tampa Bay plays football, um, yes, maybe we're going to see some changes here in the near future. But the way Jameis has been playing of late, I think they probably stick with Jameis, unfortunately. Um, but that that bodes well for Adam Humphreys. He's like we've talked about. He's 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 got such a nice floor for someone that's basically free, and you could have been picking up for basically the entire season up until. A, I don't know, maybe if just a few weeks ago when he went on his, his tight end run there, I think, or tight, tight end touchdown run. I think he had something like five touchdowns in five or four or five weeks. Um, so in the, in the middle of that is probably when he became no longer free. So I think this is somebody that maybe doesn't have a ton of value just because of the role he's in, like we've kind of already said, but I think he's definitely someone that you would like to have on your roster considering how cheap his points are. Yeah, I think I think where I'm targeting Humphreys is I'm going to be targeting him in uh, during draft time when people are going to be drafting or dropping him anyways, and I think I'm going to try to like move down in a pick or something and, and obtain Humphreys for that for that pick. Um, that's kind of the deal that I would be targeting to make this offseason in the third and fourth rounds. I like that. I think I think that's a perfect time to attack that, and I think i think that's the kind of players that you really want to go after is the good football players that don't have a ton of value because all they all they need to do is carve out that solid role and he's already got that solid role uh we need to see kind of what happens with chris godwin whether he goes up or kind of just continues to kind of ride that flat line um i would assume that deshaun jackson is gone the only things that can really affect it now are oj howard and whatever they do with cameron Bray. 
I mean, yeah, this is the kind of guy in free agency that kind of reminds me of like a Emmanuel Sanders before he was traded. Emmanuel wasn't wasn't very like wasn't very productive. He was okay. He was like a wide receiver four, uh, and then he just exploded in his next position. Or somebody like Chris Hogan before the wheels kind of fell off. Um, the kind of player that that really has shown a little bit, but not enough to be truly valuable. And maybe his next location is the place that he gets that. Is sorry, I. Some maybe I didn't hear some of that. Is he a free agent now? Uh, I can take a look while we introduce our next player. Our next player is Robert Foster. This is a player that I think has transformed into waiver wire guy to a guy that you can you know start in a pinch to a guy who might have some legitimate long term value. Uh, certainly, Buffalo has its problems with weapons. They they have Zay Jones, Robert Foster, and really nothing else. And Josh Allen has has played pretty well certainly from a fantasy perspective the last few weeks with, with the high rushing floor he's been basically running for like 90 90 100 yards a game but from a Rod Foster perspective I think that um if we start the 2019 season today he's the wide receiver one or wide receiver two in the Buffalo offense that's certainly not going to be the case but I think that he has shown enough this year to be considered like a long-term asset with Buffalo um, you know, a guy that they will be using next year, I, whether he ends up being, you know, like a long-term wide receiver three in fantasy, that, that's maybe more of a stretch, but I think that he's shown enough to be featured next year, at least. Yeah. And, and Nathan, not to, not to backtrack here, but yes, uh, intriguing piece of information that, that Humphreys is a free agent next year. So he's a guy that I would be, that, that, that even makes him a little bit more intriguing if you're trying to buy him. Yeah, I think that's someone that can catch on. Um, but back to Robert Foster. Um, I see a lot of Marvin Jones when I watch Robert Foster. He's a former four-star um, recruit out of Alabama. Uh, honestly, he's he's got that four-four speed, and um, you know he's he he looks nice. He maybe doesn't have the ups that Marvin Jones has, but he's got he's got nice hands, and he's he's a really nice down the field threat. Um, Zay Jones is another solid player. I, I just, I think, I think everything in this offense is going to be tied to how up and down Josh Allen's going to be. Um, we know that he's not a great quarterback, but he, he's at least going to make this offense remotely interesting. Um, I think, I think he's going to have some monster, monster games when he's on and he's, he's making those throws and he's going to have some like four interception games. Um, but you know, with, with, with some of that, you're, you're going to have some nice wide receiver games. And I think Robert Foster is, is definitely due, uh, for some of those, at least I, I think, I think he's such an explosive guy that, that it's almost impossible for a big arm like Josh Allen's not for them not to connect relatively consistently at least i mean he's got he's got three games out of his four with it with 94 yards right and you know yeah. a couple of them were just because he had big plays but you know this week with seven for 104 it's like come on there's there's got to be a little bit of something there and and yes it was the jets but still it, you, you still gotta put the points on the board right so i think See, i think I- he's pretty intriguing honestly I'm not sure that I'm on that side of the fence. I think I'm on the side of the fence just looking at the target share that he's got and this offense in general. I, I, I don't know. This, this, this team just strikes me as a disaster and they're banged up. So it's a, it's a team that fosters flashing right now, but I just don't see really any long-term value. If there's a player willing to pay me, I don't know, an early third or late second round pick for Foster right now, I'm, I'm perfectly happy taking that. Uh, you picked him off off the waiver wire for sure, and he's put together uh, three pretty productive games in four. But one of it, I mean, the two of his productive games are off a of two and three, or I'm sorry, three and four targets. So the, it's, it's it comes off as a little bit fluky with long bombs, which is his game. He runs four fours, but that's not going to be consistent. You're not going to feel comfortable starting him really ever unless he takes a step up to the next level. So for me, this is it, get the valuation where you can. I, I'm out on Foster. That's fine. And I will say that I do believe that Zay Jones is a much better wide receiver. I just think the the pairing of Josh Allen and Robert Foster makes all the sense in the world. And not to say that Zay Jones isn't kind of that guy too, because he has 4-4 four, four speed as well, but he's a little bit more of the big-bodied guy. Um, probably more of like your possession receiver type. I think he'll grow more into that role rather than the down-the-field speed guy. 
um, is if he can become that possession guy with the extra gear, I think that'll help Zay Jones excel. So I think, honestly, if we're targeting one of Buffalo's wide receivers, it's definitely Zay. But if if people are kind of overvaluing Zay Jones for some reason, uh, I think your next tar- target, just kind of because he'll be for scraps, should be Robert Foster because I think – I mean, he could be he could be Marvin Jones, he could be Marquise Goodwin, he could be any of those burners that just kind of has random best ball upside. I think he's an awesome best ball asset. Yeah, and then uh, maybe I don't argue with that if he's free in best ball at the end of your draft, that's that's probably fine. But I, I'm I'm out on him in almost every other scenario. Nathan, anything else before we wrap? I think that's it. All right, let's go ahead and call this show, um, guys. It was good to be back. Good to be back with you, gentlemen. And congrats again on the on the. Uh, the upcoming nuptials. Do you have a date yet, Nathan? <laughs> far, far in the future. All right. Lock her up and move it far, far in the future while you save your money. Uh, Let me be... know uh, when you need my tuxedo sizes, Nathan, for the wedding. <laughs> yeah. And if you need if you need a wedding podcast or even DJs, we have microphones. We can make this work. Dan and I can be there. <laughs> it shouldn't be a problem at all. We can be there in no time. Yeah. For, I forget can a live band. Can forget a live band. Have a live podcast. There we go. Yeah. DJ FF Salabender. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought we were going. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, thanks again for listening to the show. If you enjoyed the show, uh, make sure you leave five-star ratings and reviews. Uh, on iTunes, those always help listeners find us. Uh, we always appreciate those. We read everyone. So thanks again to, to anyone doing that. It really does help us uh, get out there, and we always appreciate it. Uh, so on that note, for myself, Dan, and Nathan, we will catch up with you guys next week. Nathan? Kadoosh! Kadoosh. We'll see you then. Summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's season pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 season pass now at cagreatamerica.com. Right now at T-Mobile, get an awesome iPhone XR on us when you bring your family over and trade in your old device. Because whether you have mom, dad, or a friend on your mind, it's a gift so bold and brilliant, you'll want to keep it for yourself. Most importantly, it's on us in six vibrant colors. Plus, with unlimited everything from T-Mobile, the awesome iPhone XR will have everyone snapping, streaming, and sharing to their heart's content all year long. But don't wait. It's only for a limited time. So visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE and get iPhone XR on us. If congested, customers using more than 50 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds due to prioritization. Video at 480p via 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers plus tax. Qualifying trade-in, port-in, service, and finance agreement required. Contact us before canceling our credit stop and remaining balance due. 64 gigs, zero down, plus 31.25 per month for 24 months. Pre-credit price, 749.99, 0% APR. One offer per account. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.